0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Matt Addison on hosting duties once again. We have plenty to get into after the match of the season. Jurgen Klopp made plenty of changes as Liverpool beat Newcastle United 3-1 at St James's Park. And we'll get into that match plus plenty more over the course of the next half an hour or so. To get into all of the latest Reds talking points, I have alongside me for the latest podcast, our Liverpool correspondents, both home and away, Paul Gorst, and also Joe Rimmer. Gents, how are we getting on?
2: Not bad. Uh, quite glad the season's over, if i honest. It's been a long, old slog. has been nearly a calendar year, but come to an end uh, in subdued circumstances, but um, it's been a glorious week for, for Liverpool Football Club, hasn't it, and um, to be getting to get into the Five blood
0: red of the season. Yeah, that's it. I, I'm quite glad the season's over. It's it's a strange one, isn't it? Because you know it has been a, a great season for Liverpool, but it's been a strange season for everyone. And I think uh, I think we all, we all just need a break to um to reset. And yeah, I don't think we'll be waiting too long. I think Liverpool got two weeks off, so they'll be coming back in two weeks, and it all begins again. So it won't be too long to wait. And the Champions League or not, so. Yeah, it never really stops, does it? Football?
1: Absolutely not. And of course, today we've had the news that Dan Lovren has departed. So the season has only just come to an end, and, and that announcement has been made. And Klopp had some words say about Dan Lovren as soon as he was gone. And he's clearly an important member, or clearly was an important member of the Liverpool squad.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think pretty much throughout this whole squad, there the are characters there the, and. There are people who, whilst they're not they're not playing every week, they're still important members of this team, and I can think of no one who epitomises that, perhaps more than Adam Lallana, who left on Friday's Hedges Good Prize, and Jan Lovron as well, who's uh, a big character in that dressing room. Obviously, very good mates with, with Mohamed Salah as well, and I think their kind of friendship has been one of, uh, one of the best subplots of, of the last few years at Liverpool. Um, but uh, I, think, I think quite a lot of fans will sadly be quite pleased that he's finally left after six years at the club but this is a player who has played in uh, Europe League finals, Champions League finals, World finals, um, top professional player in the Premier League for seven years I believe, um, since he moved to Southampton from Lyon I think, and uh, Liverpool have got a decent fee for him, my only thing would be to wish him well and hope that he does well, he's going to be playing in the Champions League for the next few years so... It's a good move for him. Um, I just hope that that uh, 10.9 million fee that Liverpool have pocketed goes back into the transfer kitty and someone of a similar ilk is, is replaced rather than putting faith in the youngster because of Liverpool can't go into next season, which is only a few weeks away with, with only three senior centre backs action and uh, Joel Matip who spends a lot of time on the treatment table.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lovren has played against Manchester City and Leicester City, two crucial matches at the start of the season, Joe. And I suppose it's easy to forget really, as he says, he gets a lot of stick at times, but he has actually been a fairly reliable player and player who's played in some big, big games for Liverpool of late.
0: That's it. Um, he's a he's a funny old player, Asian Lovren. He's he's caused a fair few arguments in his time, and I've been involved in a fair few arguments over him. He's a sort of player that. I I understand the, he obviously has flaws and I, I understand why people perhaps are massive fans of him, but I can't cannot ever understand why people are so ultra critical and, and almost, you know, I friends are made up to that he's left the club and, and I find that strange, especially for at a time when Liverpool are winning everything they could possibly win, making dreams come true. Should not we not be happy the contributions of all the players and them and well and what they do and I'd like to do that with Dejan Lovren. I think you're absolutely right, personally, that you know, it's good performances often get forgotten because he'll make one or two. Um, and then suddenly it's like, well, like you just said, he played against Leicester, he played against Man City, two key games. And then, of course, he played in the Watford game and, and Liverpool lost. But, you know, well, th- these things leave themselves. Open. Players do make mistakes. Van Dijk made a huge high profile there at Arsenal and Liverpool lost the game. Ultimately, it didn't mean anything, but neither did Watford. So, you know, I, I do find that people make a bigger deal these mistakes than they do for another player because Love hasn't really been popular ever since he arrived at Anfield, and it's a bit of a shame. Um, I do think he's, he's he, he deserves more credit than he gets, and if you look back at the Watford game, Liverpool took the place all over the show that day, so it wasn't just him. Um, so, I think you know, he goes. He should be wished well. I think. He's been a key figure. And, and the other thing that, that like Ghost, he mentioned that people people talk about performances on the pitch all the time. They don't always consider what was on off the pitch. And he's clearly a leader. He's clearly a strong personality. And he's clearly been someone who's been quite key. You know, you ever hear Jürgen Klopp talk about him? Um, you know, he, he talks in, in good terms about him. And I think there's a temptation to think that because Klopp is a nice fella and he gives out the hugs and stuff that you know, he, he won't have anything bad said about his players, but he's as ruthless as any of the big managers when he wants to be and when he needs to be. And you know, it's no sense that met the centre Many of the players at Liverpool have been moved on, and and stuck around through a key period. So there's no doubt he was important. Um, so we we wish him well, and I think Zenit's a good move for him. I think he is good. He's only had one year with not of another, um, and uh, I think, like he says, I'd like to see Liverpool get. Experience because it's not always easy in the transfer market replacing Lovren, a 31-year-old player plenty of profile experience will be very difficult.
1: It certainly will. And, and Gorsty Connor Dunn checked out the reports this morning surrounding Schalke defender Ozan Kabak. We understand he's not a player that Liverpool are interested in, but I suppose if fans were desperate for transfers to take place before Dan Lovren left, that desperation will only have increased now.
2: Yeah, uh, I've just done a, a Q&A on, on our website and um, maybe 99% of the questions on the transfers, um, as they inevitably do, but certainly at the moment with the transfer window officially open from today, 10-week period now for clubs to to get the house in, all that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a fair question. Um, I think there is an, an unhealthy obsession with transfers, but in this case, it's very legitimate to ask, is there going to be someone coming in to replace Dale Lovren? Um, I hope so. Um, I really do because I don't. As I mentioned, I don't think Liverpool can kind of go into the season with three uh, centre backs, and one of them is quite injury prone. And in Joel Matip and I don't really like Fabinho getting thrown in there. It uh, reminds me a lot of Fernandinho performing there for Manchester City. I think it takes so much away from a, a world class defensive midfield there and puts someone in a position that they're not used to playing. It. I think it's it shoots yourself in the foot twice. So hopefully someone someone has recruited someone with a bit bit of experience but it's going to be difficult to to replace someone of Lovren's experience because League appearances for Liverpool and um, it will be over 200 of the games you play for Southampton Um as we mentioned all them finals that he's been involved in um and who's got at a similar level um and and be happy not playing every week or you know know that they've got a fight on their hands to, to get near the starting 11. so going to be a difficult one to replace him, and, and I think Liverpool have, have generally got that across the board this season, no matter to get rid of. So um, it's it's a difficult band to act at a time when funds are, are understandably stretched.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to to see what Liverpool do. But let's turn our attention then to some actual football on the pitch. Liverpool, of course, beat Newcastle over the weekend, Joe and. I suppose overall the game was a bit like it has been for Liverpool this season—not exactly scintillating, but get the job done and got those three points.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it sort of epitomised the season, didn't it? And um, you know, Liverpool went behind early, fought back as they quite often do to win the game, and and then never really looked in any day. So, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one to judge these last few games. And the last portion of the season um since since we went behind closed doors has, has been very strange and very difficult to judge, really. You know, um but I think there was some promise there and, and you know, of course he mentioned and both of them in his in his um verdict, Minamino was very good. Um showed some broad touches. So still on the Prairie games. I think that was probably his best game so far for Liverpool since coming in and starting to look uh, I think you, you used a good set of phrase, you said, like, on one hand, sometimes he, he doesn't look like he's quite cut nip, but on the other, he then looks like a very good deputy for, um, for Firmino, and, and that's what Liverpool need, don't they? It's the one position that they've really struggled to find an alternative to, and if they can mould him as that, that alternative to Firmino, then um, it'll be just set for Liverpool next season, He was unlucky not to score. You know, I think he just needs a goal, it's to be involved in something that just gives him a bit more confidence, like we've seen with Naby Keita, and I think the old goal and the old good has started to show him that he belongs at Liverpool, and, and we're seeing the benefits of that. So, um, you know, Keita was the other one I wanted to mention. Seasons kind of come to an end to hit for him at the uh, the wrong time, but it's starting to look like he belongs more and more. And you know, it's a cliche, isn't it? And people get a bit upset, but he can be new, like a new signing for Liverpool. You know, if he goes into the season playing, you know, starting for the, the club and, and playing more often than not, then, you know, he, he will give something Liverpool, uh, give Liverpool something they haven't had. Um, and the same goes for Minamino. So, you know, the two of them, great promise. I'm sure we'll come to Divock but, yeah, um, quite pleased for both of them.
1: Yeah, Takumi Minamino was a player that lots of Liverpool fans were excited about during Project Restart and as the football was returning. What have you made overall of the performances of, of what we've seen of him so far?
2: It's, it's difficult to judge because he's coming into the team. That, I mean, when, when you think of he, he joined in January. Liverpool were absolutely flying, weren't they? They were finally tuned, um, had their system down to a T. And then he's coming from Australia and he's got to kind of get up to speed with how things work at, at Anfield. And he's always had that ability to, to press from the front. And, and he's, he's a bit of a nuisance, isn't he, to defenders? They know if he's around. He can't really dwell in, in possession for too long because he, he does try to win it quite high and he's got plenty of quality on the ball he, he's he's very um you know he's not the quickest and he's not the strongest but he's got plenty of technical ability and, and we've seen that when he played for Salzburg and we went um the, the goal he scored um at anfield in october um so he, he's definitely got plenty about him um and I think there was always a, an acceptance that he didn't need to come in and, and hit the ground running and be a superstar straight away. Flip didn't need to be. It was a case of getting up to speed and learning how this team works. And then next season is when you'll start to see the best of him. So I'm hoping that will be the case. Um, disappointed for him that that one never went in yesterday. But it was a great save from Martin Graf. Because I think that, if that would have win, in, he needed something to vote for him just to give him something to uh, put the feather in his cap to go into, into next season. But um, I'm sure he will prove to be a valuable squad member as of next season.
1: Yeah, I'm sure when he'd get his first Liverpool goal, that will be a big boost for him. But somebody who did get themselves onto the score sheet, Joe, you mentioned him before, Divock Origi. I suppose it was another classic Divock Origi game in that he finds the back of the net. He didn't do a great deal. He's
0: so tough to, to work out, isn't he? You know, it, it was a good goal, um, an important goal. Uh, but, like, yeah, it's... It, it, Personally, you know, it comes to show, I think it's time for Rigi probably to move on, and and this is this is where you know what Gorsi was saying earlier about Liverpool having a tough task. This is where I think that 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 is 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 massively true because one's moved on, the moved on, um, and then you look at Rigi and Shakiri, and, and for me, they've just gone a little bit stale. We talk about Minamino and having something to prove and and playing in those games with you know, with the designer hunger. And I'm not saying that, that Origi doesn't have but I certainly think that if you've been a squad player at a club for two or three seasons and you're not breaking into the first team, perhaps you start to accept your position. And, and that's where I think with Origi, he still gets certain important goals, but I think that was that his first one since December. Um, so, you know, for me now, I just think that the time might be right for Liverpool to cash on him and try and find somebody um, even if it's a Brewster who can come in and, and have something to fight for. Because I think Origi will know, in, you know, it's heart to hearts. He's never going to be a, a first-team regular at Liverpool. So, yeah, I think that summed him up yesterday. He can still be goal, but perhaps not doing enough in games to really justify um, being a, an option for Liverpool. And I think if you look at other clubs and, and look at, you know, I don't think there's, there's any point in getting jealous over Man City squad, but I do think they have, they have, Closer depth, you know, there's there's not a big disparity between, I don't know, a Mares or a Sterling. You know, Mares has more of an impact on games in general and that's what Liverpool need. So, um, yeah, I think the time could be right for for rigi to move on. Um, And again, he'd be one of the ones that you'd you'd wish well, that you'd always look out for and, and hope he does well elsewhere. But, yeah, I just think he's slightly stale at the club now.
1: Yeah, he's still only 25, isn't he? So he's still got his best years ahead of him. It is easy to forget that. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Of course, the one player who is still a huge part of this Liverpool team is Genuine Alden. I saw ESPN put out a tweet earlier today to say that he's not managed a league assist for two consecutive seasons now, but I suppose that kind of just misses the point.
2: <laughs> yeah, completely, and I'd, I'd actually challenge that because he definitely won the ball back for Cater on Wednesday night for Cater for to run on goal, so that's just... Um, he set up Firmino against Atletico Madrid, didn't he? Okay, that was in the Champions League, but if it comes off the post and then Firmino finishes it, does that not count as an assist for Wijnaldum? Um, I, That's just not patently why he's in the team. He's in the team to basically shut down gaps in, in the midfield for other areas, and we've we seen it yesterday made the point of it on our blog that he was basically helping Nico Williams out against um was it now for on the left side of the midfield Alan St Maximum. That's the one yeah, yeah. St. Maximum. He was obviously the danger man wasn't he so unpredictable and so skillful. Uh Nico Williams making his third Premier League start, second Premier League start. Uh that's a difficult challenge for him. But Ryan was over there helping him throughout the entire game until Max St. So maximum went off. And he did the same against Burnley with, with Dwight McNeil. It's he's not in the team to be pulling strings like a David Silver or Kevin De Bruyne, he's in there for a specific goal. And this is what has brought Liverpool to the dance with these you know, that this midfield being as regimented and as um specified as it is. It's not all about you know, numbers and rot and goals and assists, you have got the front three to do that, so it's a bit. It's a bit of an unfair one, really, to, to level up Wynaldum when he does, in fact, um, he's in with, it, with a fair share of goals to be fair, doesn't he? Scored against Chelsea the other night. So, look, I mean, I would, wouldn't be losing any sleep over that if I was Gino or Liverpool supporters. No, look, certainly look, like,
0: not. can, 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 can I just on. say this? This is just the stupidity of like the social media age that we live in, and, and I love many things about social media. I think you know, it, it connects people to their club from all over the world, but. But these like little snapshots of, of things that remove all context. So to tweet that about White adam it's just like it's just totally bizarre, isn't it? So what? You know, like like Gorsley says, you can challenge that. But even if that's the case, Liverpool are champions with ninety nine points. Yeah. You know, I, it's it's like saying Firmino hasn't hit double figures in the Premier League this season. It doesn't matter, does it? And and even if you know Liverpool win the league again next season, and White Adam doesn't get a goal or an assist. And he's part of the team. Then no, nobody should care. It's um, it's these little things that really get on my nerves. You know, like you you've got to apply context, haven't you? And you've got to you've got to look at the season as a whole, and you know, it's why I get so so frustrated about Lovren because you you see people tweet little clips from the game of moments and take it totally out of context. So you know that that tweet uh, is Adam tweets just it's just bizarre. I think. Perhaps ESPN know what they're doing. They've tweeted that out. They're looking for a bit of a reaction, and you know it's it's got a hell of a lot of traction, hasn't it? But, but it's just so strange, isn't it? You know, I, I don't think you should have any criticism of Wayne Alderman. If you don't watch him every week, then you, you perhaps don't appreciate what a player he is. But he's been absolutely vital for the, for Liverpool. And I know we've talked about it at length, but they need to, they need to get a contract in front of him and, and get it signed because he will not be easy to replace if they lose him. Um, He's gonna be the one of the toughest players in that team to replace because he does such a, a niche role. And you know, look, Bruno Fernandez or whoever else can have thirty five assists and however many goals. But <laughs> but if Liverpool keep winning titles, they they can keep them, can't they? You know, all these bizarre stats that people come out with, who cares? You know, who cares?
1: Yeah, an average of 98 points in the last couple of seasons suggests that that's probably true, and it doesn't really matter how many assists your midfielders do get. But I suppose the, the key point there, Gorsty, is that his contract does expire now, Liverpool do need to sort of get a move on. And I suppose the summer and the next few weeks in particular might be quite an important time for getting that done.
2: Yeah, uh, I was told a while back that all kind of contract negotiations and transfer plans were on pause, Jordan, the suspension of football, but um, it's been been back up and running a while now, has it? What are we on? Uh, about five weeks or so, so hopefully there's there's been some progress on that. I, I think I wrote a piece a while ago saying that that should be the first order of business once Melbourne doors reopens it to, to get Alden tied down because he's so important, as Joe says, so so valuable to the Liverpool team, such a niche midfielder, a Swiss half of a midfielder, really. he can do everything, can't he? he can the defensive role, he can play the number 10, If needed box to box um I guarantee if you put him, play them as a number 10 he'd he'd start chipping in with with goals and assists no problem it's just not in the team to do that um but yeah he's he's so valuable to this Liverpool team and I do think ESPN kind of knew what they were doing at a time when there's a lot a lot of talk of certain Bayern Munich midfielder who we've spoken about at length (laughs) but yeah I mean why I mean I w- wouldn't be worried about his contribution at all because if you don't, if you don't know, if you don't notice it, then I don't know what Jürgen Klopp would say. I don't know what to tell these people.
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. We spoke about Dan Lovren departing before another one who's expected to leave. Joe is Adam Lalana, reportedly having a medical at Brighton today ahead of a move there. Just your reflections, really, on his Liverpool career because I suppose a little bit like Lovren, he's been a crucial part under Jürgen Klopp and. It shouldn't be forgotten.
0: Definitely not. Um God, that... You know, the the most emotional I've been since Liverpool won the title, I think. James Carroll, I think, did a video of him, um an interview with him, and he was all caught up. <laughs> I, was, I was like... Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> something in my eye it was... um, Yeah, you know, like... I like Milano. Great pro. Good player for Liverpool. It's a shame he's had the injuries had because I think he would have been more involved in the last few seasons, but... um I'm really pleased that he's been part of this this team that that's won trophies and and, and not and someone that's had to battle back from a little bit of um, a difficult time early on in his career. Obviously, joined in that summer when Roger's recruitment drive didn't quite work out, and I remember early on not quite knowing where he'd fit in at Liverpool, and then when Clock came in, it, it just he seemed to give him a piece of life and find a role for him, and, and obviously he was that leader of the press. Um, we, used to, we used to call him, didn't we, early on in Klopp's reign? And I remember he, he was excellent. So he, he just seemed to be the first guy that really got Jurgen Klopp's tactics and, and really knew what they were about. And it, it got the best out of him. And I always remember a goal at Leicester, in a, uh, sorry, at Anfield against Leicester when the main stand opened um, a hell of a strike in a 4 1 win. And, you know, a crucial goal this season at Old Trafford to make sure Liverpool didn't lose their unbeaten record there. Um, so he's played his part. Um, again, he'd be another personality that would be difficult to replace. Um, and he'd be another player that some young players have looked up to. Um, I know that they spoke very highly of him. So, yeah, we wish him well. Um, Brighton's a good move for him. I think they seem to be the right club. Seeing, obviously, come down on the south coast. Um, they, they look like they play decent football. I think, I think he would... Um, you would think he would fit in there. So... Um, Look forward to seeing him, I'm sure, when he gets back to Anfield and with Brighton next season him, there's some fans there that they'll give him one hell of an ovation because he'll deserve it. Um, you know, and he'll always have the medals, won't he?
1: Yeah, absolutely. A yeah. very good footballer and a very nice guy off the pitch as well, which I think you could say that about quite a few of these Liverpool players at the moment. But, of course, there's some suggestion that he'll be offered some sort of coaching opportunity down the line at, at Brighton and Joe says there it's a good move for him. Would you agree with that?
2: You know what? I actually think um he probably could have went a little bit further up the league. Bright have regularly battled to, to yeah. keep their head above water, haven't he? And i was surprised that Lovrand's kinda of dropped they kinda of dropped down to, to that level. There's talk of Leicester and, and reuniting with Rodgers, Rogers and I, I thought that kind of made sense. Uh but I I do know he's a South Coast lad, isn't he? And and perhaps he wanted to to get back down there and, and Brighton the uh, obviously idea for that with, with Bournemouth being relegated. Um I'm not too sure what the layland is with Southampton these days because he was the captain, wasn't he, any he left. So um kind of makes sense from from that point of view. But I, I, I do kind of think he, he might have um, stayed a little bit further up, up up the league. But good luck to him. Joe's been a, an excellent servant for the past years, and, um He's it's a player we always enjoyed watching, but very easy on the eye with great balance and two great feet. Um, so, yeah, good luck to him.
1: Yeah, I'm sure every Liverpool fan will wish him the best and, as Joe says, I'm sure next season, hopefully, if fans are back inside Anfield, he'll get a pretty big ovation. Someone we didn't see over the weekend, though, was Zed and Shaqiri. What does that mean for him, Joe? Could he be possibly departing Liverpool this summer?
0: I think so, yeah. As, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, I just think that he, when he first arrived, he was he was a great alternative, wasn't he? And, um, he was the sort of player that he was just perfect coming off the bench, perfect when when we had to rotate and and get different players into the front three. And you know, Liverpool even at one stage changed the formation a little bit to accommodate him, didn't they? And, and it seemed to work really well. And I just think A injuries have taken their toll, uh, as you would expect. And B I just think he's got a bit stale at Liverpool. And I, again he came in with something to prove, and he? he came in to show like this is my last chance at a big club or Perhaps there's a chance to build them. You know, I'm quite the Bayern Munich um, and I want to do it at Liverpool. And he, he came in, you he, he could clearly see he bought in, he worked hard. Um, and I just think that, as I said earlier, when you're a player like that, and you know that you're not going to get in the team, come what may. It must be quite difficult to always have the same motivation. So that's why it can be good to move those players out, freshen up and, and um, bring in some some hungry players who, you know, we'll have the same objective. So, yeah, I think I think for Shaqiri, it'd be on decent money as well. I'm sure Liverpool would like to to get those wages off the wage bill, and I'm sure there'll be a, a fair queue of clubs looking at him. He's obviously great quality, and if he can stay fit, it'd be an asset to one really, Rony. Really, really, so, um, yeah, I, th- I think we've seen the last of him. He came on, didn't he, um, the other day, very late in one of the games. What game was that? They all mould together at the moment. It, it's um, it's been so many of them, but I didn't think we'd see him at all, Um, you know, from, from when we came back after COVID to, to the end of the season. I thought they were just saving him, like they were saving Alana, and he did he did briefly appear, but after that, I us see, you know, they've gone with other options. They've gone with Minamino, they've gone with Jones, and, you know, you can tell, I think, just from looking at Klopp's team selections, who's in the long-term plans and perhaps who isn't.
1: Yeah, I think I completely agree with that. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And I'm sure, as you say, if he does end up leaving Liverpool, there'll be plenty of interest in him. Just before we finish, then, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions about the sort of season as a whole. First of all, to pick your favourite moment and then your Liverpool player of the year. So, Korsi, we'll come to you first on the favourite moment. Is there one particular thing that you could pick out from this season?
2: Probably when Jordan Henderson left at the Premier League title at Anfield last week. Um on the pitch moments. Um probably Salah, Salah against United. That was the moment, wasn't it, that the cops started to believe. And he burst into a rendition they were going to win the league. But there's been so many. Andy Robertson, at Villa, Sadio Mane, Adler. Um just generally that Leicester game. Um I mean, what what a season, but I'd have to say Salah against
1: United. And Joe, your moment of the season?
0: Salah against United was great. Uh, I, can we just put Henderson lifting the trophy to one side? Because that, that should be the moment. Um, pff, Trent against Leicester was good. Um, I loved Lada at, at Man United. You know, I, th- I think they were really really licking their lips at the chance of beating Liverpool and ended that run. The Lada popping up was quite good there. Um, Vino against City um, was, was brilliant. What a fun thunderbolt that was. But you know what? I'm going to go with Manet at Villa because um, that was early on, wasn't it? It felt like the weekend that it swung Liverpool's way. I think if you, Liverpool were behind, weren't they? And Didn't City drop points that
2: weekend from what I can remember? City, would, I think they were getting beat at Southampton and ended up winning late. Did they, yeah. So they, re, they could have reduced it to three maybe at the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah,
0: and Liverpool scored twice later on and, and that was like... You know, it, it just didn't feel like it was going Liverpool's It felt like such a crucial goal. And I remember, really, you know, because some of the ones later on, Liverpool were so many points ahead that by that stage, you you kind of, you know, the, the Salah one just confirmed what we all did, but the, the Mane one, there's still a bit of a battle going on. So I remember it was a huge relief when that goal went in. So I'll go for that.
1: Yeah, I think mine one would would be the the Fabinho one, to be honest. I think that was the game that he started off, that buffer of points between Liverpool and City. That's when they kicked on. But in terms of your player of the season, then we saw Jordan Henderson was the FWA player of the year last year, uh, last week, sorry. That was obviously on the pitch and off the pitch, but purely on the football pitch. Gorset, your Liverpool player of the season
2: i've probably got three in mind if i'm honest to, to field and <laughs> of i think we've, we've given henderson all the platitudes haven't we but i'm going to go with van dyke because i just think he's kind of kept up as as the same level he was at last season it's just not getting noticed as much because people are kind of used to it now still have had the best defense in the premier league once again he's the best defender and he's played in all 38 games um He's, there's some some ridiculously good little showcase moments of defending, which is difficult to, to have really when you're a defender because you're more you at the mercy of the systems and and you know your teammates more than you are as an attacker who can just carve out the little moments of brilliance. But there's a little flick against Southampton earlier in the season which which was unbelievable, and then there's a little moments where Aaron Connolly starts to have a run at him and he nods it past him and. <laughs> Um, he's just an unbelievable player, he's the best defender I've ever seen at Liverpool, and if I see a better one, then I can't wait to, to watch him in action
1: Yeah, absolutely difficult to argue with, as you say 38 games, Joe who are you going to go for?
0: Before I answer, yeah, I'm just going to say I couldn't quite believe the reaction to, to Henderson winning the, the, the award last week, in the sense that some rival fans were absolutely furious. Like, like, like it doesn't really matter, does it? You know, like it's it's all subjective, and you know I think Jordan Henderson fully deserved it for on and off the pitch efforts, and you know Kevin doesn't mean Kevin De Bruyne's an absolutely wonderful footballer. We all, we all think he's great, so um, people need to relax a little bit. There's no there's no agendas. It's just a matter of opinions, isn't it? But um, you know what, coming to your question, it, it is hard to choose, isn't it? Uh, I don't think we should forget how good henderson has been on the pitch. I think for like a good two-thirds of the season. He was absolutely superb for Liverpool and really led the way. You know, got that crucial goal against Tottenham, didn't he? And just, it, it felt like he was driving Liverpool on. Uh, so some really inspirational performances for him. from him. Um, Van Dijk, as Gorsley says, brilliant. Uh, Robertson, great. But for me, it's one of two. And um, a big shout for Trent. I think Trent, so close. Brilliant. Took his game to even higher levels which I didn't think was possible this season started adding a few goals Leicester was great and just a other way he's up for of backers the way he plays and you know the, the odd complaints over his uh, the, the, the defensive side of his game seems to have disappeared um, but Sadio Mane for me is just uh, he just does everything doesn't he he scores he scores goals like a proper goal scorer he can dribble he can pass he's involved in everything he's got a bit of a nasty side to me he, yeah you know, he's just got everything he does it with that big smile on his face i love the man he's a great great footballer and just keeps on getting better um and yeah um one of the best players i've seen play for liverpool and and i, I think he's even underrated by the by the league well. so yeah i'll go for Sadio O'Mani. i think uh, he's had an exceptional season
1: Yeah, Sadio Mane, my choice as well, but I suppose it can only be a good thing that Liverpool have got so many options for that spark blade. No team selector for us to pick this week, so that just about brings us to the end of the show. We will be back, of course, throughout the summer with the podcast on a Monday and a Friday, plus all of your Blood Red content. But the 2019-20 season is over, and what a season it has been. That's all from the latest Blood Red podcast from myself, from Paul and from Joe. Until next time, it's goodbye for now.